Entrepreneurship is mindset. Entrepreneurship is such a hard, brutal journey that your mind above anything else has to be right. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with serial entrepreneur and social media maven, Sharon Beeson, who says that, listen, entrepreneurship ain't for everyone. Hey there, this is Patrice from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to the Redefining Wealth podcast. I'm back from speaking at Podcast Movement, whoop, whoop, last week. It was amazing. Man, you really need to be on the lookout because I learned so much and met so many incredible people that not only do I have fantastic interviews lined up for you, I also just have so many ideas about how I can up-level our experience here and just continue to create a really great culture and community. So thank you for all of those who attended my session. Amazing. Can't wait till next year. So if you are new to the Redefining Wealth podcast world, here's what you should know, that we believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. In our community, we believe that wealth is about well-being in many areas of life, one of those being the people pillar, which is why I'm so grateful that I can keep creating relationships that matter and bring them to you. For my OG listeners, welcome back. I appreciate you all so much. And I have to tell you, I stand corrected. Last week during our 50th episode anniversary, I said we were inching our way to 200,000. Well, actually, that was not true. We've already passed 200,000. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And I'm super grateful for that and how you guys continue to share with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers, how you listen on your commute while you're working out, while you're cooking. And thank you for continuing to share what the podcast is doing for you. I can't wait to share some of your voices in the one-year anniversary episode that's coming up in September, and you'll hear more about that in the weeks to come, so make sure you subscribe and stay tuned. So as you know, I've been traveling quite a bit, 16 days total out of the month of July, and August, September, and October will be very similar. And so I don't say that to whine or complain about it. I am so grateful to be blessed and booked, okay? (laughs) Very grateful, but... I think the thing that people miss the most is that entrepreneurship is hard work. Getting on and off in planes and in and out of hotels and on and off of stages is actually hard work. It doesn't matter how much you love it and how fun it is. It can still be a lot. And sometimes we get clouded by the pretty pictures and the group shots and the stage photos and all these things that we see And I'm talking from the perspective of a speaker, but whatever the industry is, like we get clouded by all the things we see on social media. We're just seeing pictures. We don't see the tired, hungry, (laughs) sometimes based on what airline you're on, miserable souls, especially when they don't have their Wi-Fi together and you can't get some work done. Like you don't see everything behind the scenes. And that's why I really believe that entrepreneurship ain't for everyone. And when I was thinking of this topic, I could not think of a better person. Over the last few months, it's really been on my heart to highlight some of the women that inspire me. 
mostly through social media, because that's a big way that we engage nowadays. And some of the pages, like I introduced you to Andromeda Rahim from Women by Choice not too long ago. We talked about the anatomy of a winner. And I just decided that I wanted to use the podcast to shine a light on some of the people who motivate me, especially via social media, because it's easy enough for you guys to go follow and get some of the same inspiration I'm getting. It's different when I'm telling you about my private mentorship or something. It's not as easy for you to access those people. Yes, you can look them up and stuff, but I want you to be able to reach out and touch some of these people that are inspiring folks, women in particular, to just keep going and achieving and dreaming and attaining your goals. And so that's why I've been really intentional about this. And so Sharon is, for me, one of those people. Women Noir is one of my favorite pages because Sharon keeps it real. She keeps it authentic. It is like no sugarcoating with her. And she's raw about the highs and the lows and just the plain ugly truth of entrepreneurship for the majority of us. There's a lot on the backside that we don't see and we don't talk about, especially the things that end up making us who we really are, because there's lessons to be learned in all of it, right? So I'm going to tell you guys now, before I read her formal bio, that Sharon is a non-traditional guest on this show, meaning that Sharon does use choice words, but again, this is why... I do like her because she gets straight to the point and she keeps it real. So if that offends you, I'm going to tell you now that this may or may not be the episode for you. And I know many of you listen with your children. I know I have some 8, 10, 12, 15-year-old fans. If you don't feel like listening to a few curse words here and there is appropriate for them, then I just wanted to make sure I let you know that now so that you have the power to choose. Sharon Beeson is a serial entrepreneur, national speaker, educator, and holistic business strategist. She's been referred to as a beast for her workflow, a phenomenal leader for her community building, and super knowledgeable for her business consulting, which propels businesswomen forward. Sharon is known for telling the hard stuff that you don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. And she fuses her no-nonsense, in-your-face, and personable style to connect with her audience. Named one of Instagram's top 10 accounts to help grow your career. She's also the author of the book, The Entrepreneur Startup Game Plan. 12 months of actionable tips, advice, and strategies to plan, launch, and grow your business successfully. Without further ado, Sharon Beeson. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Patrice. I appreciate it. No, no. Don't give me that old formal, uh, that old formal thank you for having me <laughs> after you just cut up before we got on. Now, here's what you all need to know. And I need to <laughs> into it. I thought to myself today, this is going to be the first interview where I may have to check the little explicit box when you upload your little podcast. I'm like, Sharon might give it to me. So let me let you guys know now. What I love about Sharon and why I invited her to the podcast is because I see her in social media for me on Instagram as one of the realest, no sugarcoating, straight to the point woman out there. Like you are like that person for me. So I knew what I was getting into. I see the little asterisks you have to put in your post sometimes or when you, you know, <laughs> do a little... <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes you might give it to a straight, you know, all the way out. And then sometimes you put a little something in it. But I want you to be free to be you here because that's what I love so much about you. And I have to thank you because since meeting you, I don't know, I guess it's been like two years ago now. I met you in Harlem when mm-hmm. I was there taping the round. Right. And, <laughs> and you, I don't know if you remember this, but when you came up to me, you were like, I didn't really know who you were, but you, you did it for me tonight. Like you said something like that. Like, <laughs> You're like, I didn't know who you were. How did you get to that taping of the round? It was through Womener that someone DM'd me, like someone literally um, slid into my inbox and said, hey, I would love if some of your Womener tribe could come to this event. So I was just like, okay, absolutely. <laughs> that was awesome. And so, yeah. you, were, you know, sometimes you're in settings like that and you might meet 10 people, 20 people, 50 people, but there's yes. just a few that stand out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm definitely were the standout, not just because of the bomb blonde hair, not oh, thank just you. because of that, <laughs> but you have just a spirit of authenticity that just really comes across. Like when you said, man, you did it for me or however you worded it, I felt right. like it was genuine. It wasn't like, let me gas you up. Yeah. No, I'm not into gassing people up. I mean, well, seriously. Listen, I'm I soon learned. <laughs> Whatever comes out my mouth is intentional and I meant it. (laughs) Right, right. And so since meeting you at that taping, got a chance to follow you online, in particular on Instagram and fall in love with the Womanor brand and see how much it's exploded, like how your consistency and clarity of message have just helped that brand explode. Like it's doing really, really well. You are one of the people whose Instagram pages I darn near save everything. Like they shouldn't have gave us that. <laughs> I need to make you your own little folder is what I'm saying. <laughs> so let's get into why you started Women Noir. I know you were an entrepreneur. I read your book. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know you were an entrepreneur several times and during some soul searching for your next fulfilling opportunity, um, you noticed something and you say in the book, you called it the cray in the startups of female entrepreneurs, you said crazy looking logos, crazy looking websites, crazy looking social media posts, crazy looking business cards, crazy ideologies of business success without planning, setting goals, or doing the hard work. Yes. (laughs) Tell us about all the crazy. Yeah. You know, just to backtrack a bit, I had no idea, honestly, that I was going to become a strategist or any of that nature. But it was while I was soul searching to find my next entrepreneur project, right, or next business, when I started doing research, I seriously started looking at people's logos and websites and things of that nature. I forgot what took me to that segue, but when I was doing the research to see what I wanted to do next, I really began paying attention to all of that stuff. And in my mind, everything was looking crazy. Are you serious? You're using clip art in your logo. Are you kidding me? Right. So these were my thoughts, right? Because, and then I'm looking at the websites that were inactive, right? Contact me. And then there's no way to contact me. So why is that on the website? Right. And then font colors, right? So you're using your, your logo is, has two colors, but then your website has 10. So I literally started seeing all of this, right? And then Instagram was really starting to blow up. And so you're telling me you do one thing, and but your posts are another. No one gives a shit about your tree on your block when you're telling me you sell shoes. It's just, it was, I started seeing all this crazy stuff. And 
really, I, in my mind, I was just like, I'm starting to see all the crazy. And so it was at that point, because I was already an entrepreneur for several years, that I realized, holy crap, I have holistic strategist knowledge. Like I can have a conversation with you about branding 101, 102, 103. I can have a conversation with you about starting your business, what to do with domains, websites, legal business structure, branding, social media. I had gained so much knowledge from being resourceful when I first started my businesses. And I realized at that point, this is what I am going to do. I am going to help these women build their brands and look presentable to the outside world. And that's when I started Women Are. I knew I wanted to help these startups, these emerging entrepreneurs. And that's how the whole idea came about. So I'm like you. I'm really big on, like you said, the websites, the social media posts, the business cards, just trying to be consistent and telling a story. But I realized in talking to people and people have come to me many times for coaching with this stuff, they don't think that it's crazy. Some people are like, I know I need help. I'm on a budget. And so I was just trying to get started, which is great. I'm not mad at it that you you want to get started, right? Right. But then I see people who've been in who say they've been in business for two or three years and their stuff still looks that way. And they kind of wonder why they're struggling. There's two people who are like, you think that's crazy? They don't even know there's a problem. And then there's people who go, well, if it's that it looks crazy, then maybe I shouldn't start and I need to wait another year or two or three. And we also don't want people waiting forever to just do something. So how do you tackle those two elements? (laughs) Well, listen, we're living in a world, especially now where people are comparing to no end. Like it's ridiculous. It's a little sad because people are looking at other people being successful or other people apparently who are looking successful and they're thinking, wow, how do I get this success? Right. And so what people are doing is some of the people that they are watching, (laughs) in my opinion, are just looking good, maybe at an event or maybe they put up a really nice social media post. But then when you go and look at their website or you interact with them via email or you look at their other materials, it's crazy. So in my opinion, these people are mocking these people who themselves don't have their together. And that's what's happening because think about it. You learn who have you learned from, right? And your branding looks on point. So you obviously learn from someone whose branding is on point and knows how to look presentable. So that's where it's happening. But for the individuals who don't understand that they look crazy, they have to be told your stuff is not presentable, right? It's just, this is what's happening. If you are looking at Jane Schmo in the mall, I'm not knocking Jane Schmo in the mall, understand and know that that's the highest level you will reach. Now, as a small business owner, people are forgetting to look at the big picture. And that's where I come in because I'm a big picture thinker. And what people have to do is do your competitive analysis. If you want to be big, then go and look at the Fortune 500 companies. Go and look at the companies that are killing it. Study them, see what they're doing. And no, I'm not saying copy them. No, I'm not saying do exactly what they do and say, I am saying incorporate their strategies into your branding and marketing strategies. And that's what people have to do. They really are not 
doing competitive analysis. They're not looking at who's performing well and who they need to mock after. It's like your parents, right? You love your parents. You're going to mock your parents. It's the same thing in the entrepreneur world. If you want to be successful, you must mock those that are successful. Doing it any other way doesn't make an ounce of sense. And then the people chattering in your ear telling you to do it that way they don't make any damn sense either. So it's that's what's <laughs> happening. And that's the truth. You're learning from people who don't know any better. Again, I'm not knocking anyone's hustle. But you really have to know to start investing in yourself in people that are doing things well. That's all. Well, you know, with so many people who make it and who make their social media look pretty, right? So it's pretty and it's mm-hmm. colorful and it's whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you know that they are not really running the business that they portray themselves to have? That's an excellent question because that's something I actually spoke about in my Instagram stories the other day in a roundabout way. Here's the thing. People are getting smart, right? People know that they need to look good on the outside. That's part of really good branding. And now things are more accessible. You can do it yourself. You can have get this Canva. People are learning photo illustrator. People are hiring designers and you can buy a graphic designers. You could buy a crap load of photo stock, right? Mm-hmm. However, you must go deeper than that, right? That is go- you're, you're good. You're being proactive with looking aesthetically appealing. Now we have to go behind the scenes. So what people should do is create some sort of checklist for any type of individual that they are going to work with, a service provider, whether it's someone they want to buy shoes from. What you need to do as a um, business owner, again, you have to look at your competitive analysis. What I've been seeing is a lot lately, and I've been talking about it, is people are failing miserably. And I have no shaming saying this. People are failing miserably at customer service, right? Because there's no way in hell you're going to tell me you all these promises and sell me a song in a day. And then you take my money and maybe you've performed some of your services, but then I email you. I call you. You're not returning your emails. You're not returning phone calls. I go on social media. You're not engaging with me. So what's going on here? At the end of the day, you have to look for what they say, receipts. Does this person have social proof? And this is not all the time. There really are some people who don't have receipts and testimonials and things of that nature, and they still do a good job. But in this day and age, do your research. You have to go beyond, oh, girl, that person was great. No. Go and Google this person. Google is open 24, seven hours, okay? <laughs> Go and Google someone, right? Get look social proof. Call them. Ask them to speak to their customers. Do case studies. Mm. Study them for a while, right? I spent, dropped a couple grand on someone last month, May, right? But I'm studying her, right? I'm watching her moves. I'm watching to see what she's doing. I'm looking to see what else she has going on. She's been in the game for 10 years. And that's what people need to do. Stop being so quick to go and drop and invest in people. You know, you have no idea what's happening. Okay. So first of all, we should have done this interview last year because (laughs) I ran into this experience myself. And the other thing is just because you like people, and you think that they're nice people or cool people, that doesn't mean you're a great fit to work with. Exactly. And I learned that lesson the hard way and it was expensive. Mm. And while we're on customer service, let me throw this out there. There is nothing worse than a service provider telling you as a customer 
how busy they are all the time with all their other clients. Wow. Then maybe you need to get some support or you need to raise your prices so you can work with less people or there's something that has to be worked out here. But I was in a situation where I hired a young lady mm-hmm. and paid thousands of dollars right. for services. Right. And then every time we wanted to schedule a call to update some things or that, and that was a part of the package, <laughs> then it was, I'm busy. I'm going here. I'm going there. You can, you can email me. And then after my travels for the next several weeks, then I'll email you back to let you know when I can look at it. Wait a minute. You want me to wait two weeks for you to email me back to tell me that you're going to wait another week to do that is insane when someone is paying you thousands of dollars and really great money. I just don't get it. And so I agree with you. That customer service piece, we're at a loss. And I don't think people realize, Sharon, that it's so much easier to retain a client than go look for a new client. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) You hit it on the head. You hit it. And this is all I am telling small business owners to do. Do your homework, do your research, understand what it takes to be in business. You got damn right. It really takes less to retain a customer who already likes you, who has already given you their money, who has already developed that trust, than to go out there and try and acquire a new customer who knows nothing about you, right? Mm -hmm. Your competitors is on their tailcoats, right? So people just really need to understand if you are saying you're going to return the you're going to offer refunds, offer it. If you are saying you're going to pick up the phone, pick it up. If you have your email contact and your phone number on your website, why in all universe hell would you not return people's phone calls? It's crazy. I'm sorry you went through that. And that's just people, you got to understand people don't know any better. You're doing business with someone who doesn't know any better. If she knew better, if she knew that customer care and customer value was key, then she probably would be making more money and have less people. So um, it's crazy to me. It really, really is crazy. (laughs) Okay, so I want to take a step back, though, because I also asked about what happens with women that might come to you and say, well, Sharon, I don't want to start anything until I have everything. Like, I must have everything in order to do anything at all. Like, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, right, right. You did mention that earlier. Well, that's a mistake. (laughs) I will say right (laughs) off the bat, that's a mistake. Think about it. Like, listen, again, let's look at the big picture. Look at all the successful people. Do you really think they had everything together? You got to be kidding me. So what you need to do is start small and think big. What do I mean by that? Have the basics, right? If you want to start a business, it really doesn't take much. It doesn't. It doesn't take a load of money, right? You can start a business, especially online with a couple of hundred dollars or barely anything, right? Because these days you don't need a lot. You maybe need a website. That's cheap if you do it right, right? And uh, depending. For those people who are saying you need everything, please don't listen to those people. Really, that's a mistake. What you need to do is figure out your purpose, figure out your why, figure out who you want to be in business with, figure out who you're going to be serving, figure out your prices and get moving. That's it. You don't need the entire castle. You need maybe, you know, the first floor, but this is what you need to do. Have a smart plan. That's it. And yes, get your website off or get the landing page so you can start collecting emails. Definitely have some marketing collateral, like, you know, you're on social media, have your logo 
and get moving. You know, you can start literally by just collecting emails. Literally, mm-hmm. that's it. Or just by start blogging. That's what I did when I started Womener. Literally, all I had was my blog. That Me was too. it. That's like, how literally, started. that's it. But you know what? In that year, and it took an entire year. I launched April 2015. It wasn't until November that I started selling limited merchandise and my consoles. But you know what? Is the smart thing to do. You have to build relationships. And that's what I did. So for an entire eight months, that's all I was doing. I had my blog, but I was building relationships. And I didn't have all this other stuff. I didn't have my membership. I didn't have my events, but I was connecting and providing value. That's what people need to do. Know that when they start, start providing value, start connecting. That's all I had. And that's all you can simply do. Even if you just launch on social media for a few months, get to know someone and then eventually start talking to them. Hey guys, I'm going to start offering this. What do you think? What would you like? What would you pay? This is how you go about doing it. Look, study the big companies Mm -hmm. and study what they do. Read case studies, find out what's going on in your industry and figure out what they did in the beginning. That's really what you need to do. People need to educate themselves and they're not doing that. That's the problem. Right. Because they think pretty pictures are enough. That's that's exactly it. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And one of the big ones that you just mentioned was connecting with people. And one of our pillars here is the people pillar. It's about creating relationships that matter. What I love is I've seen several posts that you've made about this in different ways. One of the things that I know you talk about is engaging with your followers in social media, number one. But number two, you said something that I just cracked up laughing at because you know I get this all the time. Don't meet someone at an event and then the next time you reach out to them (laughs) is a year later with an ask. Not even like, and then you say, and you're asking like, hey, hope you've been well. Ask, ask, ask. It's like, what in the world? I always say, Sharon, I'm a giver by nature. I don't have a problem giving, but I don't like people taking. I don't like people that are takers and that don't want to have like a give-give relationship. Like, what in the world is that? Can you talk about that? Yeah. Unfortunately, again, these people truly don't know better. Again, you have to look at the big picture. This is why I also talk about it's in be intentional who you surround yourself with, right? Think about it. If this individual is consistently surrounded by people who all they do is come to her and ask her, that's what she's going to know. If this person is surrounded by someone who's going, only going to text them when they want something, that's all they know, right? And so this is what is happening. It's the whole mindset, the whole psyche. These people really, truly don't know any better. Now, if they were surrounded by someone who had a little expertise in networking and put it in her ear, girl, this is what you don't do. Trust me, if she respected that person, she will step up her game. So I talk about that and I talk about nurturing and fostering relationships. I even mentioned in one of my posts how I met this woman when I first started one of my businesses in 2006. Mm -hmm. And it was an ongoing give and take. Like, Me personally, and people should do this, right? First of all, when you go out networking or whenever you meet someone, don't try and take 10, 50 business cards. It just doesn't make any sense. Find out who's going to be at this event and be intentional with meeting one or two people, but follow up, provide value. So what I did when I met this woman in 2006, probably 2006. 
middle of 2006 or 2007, she was also an entrepreneur. I met her at a Chamber of Commerce event. This is just one story. And so back and forth, we always sent each other emails. Oh, this event is coming up. Do you want to go to this? Oh, I know someone who wants, wants to have an event because then she wound up opening up a wine bar in Williamsburg and had an event space. And I would always send people to her. She was always sending people to my concierge business. We were always meeting each other at networking events, providing value, sending a link for this, sending something for that. And I kid you not, I hadn't spoken to her in years. But when I reached out to her to provide wine at Women's launch event, she was there like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. The same, same thing with my women are con. She was there like nobody's business. Hadn't spoken to her in two years. So, but the value has to be there. If you want to nurture and foster, if you want something from someone, give first. Mm-hmm. Continue to give, 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 then ask. It's the same thing with sales, with your business. Give. Why the hell are you asking someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know shit about you, and you keep pushing sales on them and say, oh, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. First of all, they have to get to know you, know that you're providing them value, you're solving a few of their problems, and then let them get to trust you. You build your authority or credibility. People start chatting about you. Then going for the ask. It's the same thing when you meet someone. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Like my, my mother said, the unmitigated gall, right? <laughs> the audacity, my Trinidadian mother, right? This is her words. <laughs> to come at me after we only met once, right? You barely spoke to me at the event or wherever, and you have the damn nerve to come and ask me a favor? Get out of here. No. Okay, so how do you deal with those DMs, though? Do you ignore them? I've often wondered because, and I meant to ask you this via DM anyway, one day when I got one, I almost screenshot it to you. <laughs> You should have just said something. (laughs) And so usually when I know it's a a fairly young person, like late teens, college age or whatever, I'll correct them. I'm like, hey, I applaud you for the boldness. But, you know, what would have been better is if you asked me first how you could support me. I'm telling you because I don't want you to go around doing this to other people. But, girl, I'm not going to do that with a 40 year old. I'm just not about to play that game. And I get it from older people, too. And I'm just kind of like do I have time to like, I don't know if I should just put a link to one of your previous posts and see if they'll get the hint. Like I'm just, because it happens so often that it just blows my mind. Sometimes I show my husband my phone and he's like, what are people thinking? And I'm like, like, what are we missing? But, but I love what you said. Sometimes if we allow ourselves to be essentially taken advantage of that way and we settle for that type of behavior, then we think it's the norm. Right. We think it's the norm, but that's not normal to everyone. It's It's not not okay. And usually when I'm speaking to young people too, I always encourage them to build a rapport with people that they say they want to mentor them or they want to work for them one day or any of those things, build a rapport Comment sometimes, like things, comment, ask a question. People love being smart. So they feel like you're the person that can answer a question or that they can answer a question for you. They love that, but really be engaging. And then the first thing should be, how can I support you? I enjoy your work. I enjoy what you're putting out there. Share some of their stuff sometimes, but I see people who no engagement, never noticed your username in my life. Uh, Right nothing. We've had no experience with each other. And then all of a sudden you're like, 
can you be on my such and such? Can you do a two hour blah, blah, blah? It's like two and two hours. Right. Two hours of your life (laughs) that you'll never get back. (laughs) And that leads me to like, okay, for entrepreneurs, you talk a lot about productivity. And I saw in the book where someone asked you about staying on track and admitting that they get lazy. And so I brought up productivity, especially right here is because a lot of times I say no, especially to people who I haven't built a rapport with, because that would limit my productivity. Like two hours with you is two hours away from the things that I need to do to achieve my goal. Right. And so you also have to keep that in mind when you're coming to someone, but you talk to you talk a lot about productivity and i think what i notice with new entrepreneurs in particular is a lot of people who are not used to this space and having to kind of self regulate they get all over the place they're used to having accountability of some kind right like a boss a supervisor mm-hmm. a team member someone where they have to check in or do this but when you don't have that anymore how do you stay focused? I know what I do, but I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So I don't really, I try to give my clients like tips with this, but I was wondering what are some of your tips around staying productive? Well, it's unfortunate, right? When you become an entrepreneur, you're right. You, you are regulated when you're working a nine to five, your boss is on top of you. You got to stay on track, right? But it's very easy. It's extremely easy because it happened to me in the beginning to, you know, you're this entrepreneur and you're wearing many hats and then you're being tugged this way, tugged that way, tugged this way, tugged that way. Something's going to give unless you just fall off. That's one of the key things in surviving entrepreneurship is knowing how to stay laser focused. So what I have learned to do is, first of all, I work with assistants and I just took one on. I've been working on and off with assistants, but even when I don't, I work and we're working now with Asana, which is like literally everything is documented. And even before I was working with my assistant, what I learned to do is I literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I document every single thing I do from the moment I wake up. Yes, includes uh, brushing my teeth or doing squats or whatever the case may be and being on social media. But here's a key thing. People tend to get on one task and work on it all goddamn day long. And that's not what you should do. So what I do, what I recommend people do is literally craft out their day. But even before you do that, for two weeks straight, document your entire day and look to see where you're wasting time. Eliminate it ASAP, right? Then document what you need to do throughout the day. And what I do is I assign levels to what I need to do. So anything that is high priority, I'll work on it for like two or three hours. Anything that's middle priority, I'll work on it for like an hour. Anything that's low priority, I'll work on it for 30 minutes. And then I also have a category that says quick fixes, right? Or quick something, I forget, it's in my uh, Excel. And I'm literally working on those for like 10 minutes or five minutes. I don't check my phone all day. Put your phone in another room. That was hard for me in the beginning. And I don't check email all day. Even assign the times that I will check my email and I assign times that I will answer my phone. People who call me or text me, I won't know until I go to my phone, which is like generally an assigned time. So that is really how you can work, right? And I automate a lot of things. I'm in a stage with my business now where I've automated I mean, as much as I can, where in the beginning when I did consults, it was literally like, okay, you book a consult. 
Oh, I got money. Okay, I go back to them. Oh, what days are you available? And we're literally going back and forth in email. Right. I lost. I, li- I literally lost the customer for that, right? And we're going back and forth. Oh, when are you available? Nope, that doesn't work for me. Then I send them an intake form. Nope. On one step now in my acuity, you go on, you make a payment, you pick the day and time, and you give me your information in your intake form. So I've learned to streamline a lot of things or automate a lot. And yes, I work with an assistant who has me going on Asana, but you have to work with a schedule. You cannot work on one thing all damn day, then lose focus because the phone rang or your mother called. No, the mother has to wait. Best girlfriend has to wait. <laughs> mother you has know what to I mean? Wait. Right? Mother has to wait. No, mm-mm. you know, put your head down and focus and map out your day. Otherwise, literally, you'll be working for one thing all day and get mistracked because you got to go eat. You got to do this. And then, oh, you know what? I can go out for an hour. Nope. Map out your entire day, literally from the moment you wake up to the moment you stop working and put priority on what needs to have priority. So that's literally how I work. And everything else is just is compromised. Like, nope, can't do it. Nope, ma, you know, I'll call you tomorrow. Nope. <laughs> so that that's really how it is. Laser focus. Yeah, I love that. So I block a lot of my day out as well. I block right. darn near everything. And even if I'm if something else comes up, like there's been times when, especially with my daughter, like something right. may come up um, when she's at school. Right. And so the task that I was supposed to be working on, I just drag that thing down to the next available spot. It's not, Boom. you know, I may have to go to the school, deal with her, pick her up, whatever. But as my day shifts, I still kind of will shift the calendar so that I'm still on task. I hope that makes sense. Like it's absolutely, you know, it's not free time now, you know, absolutely shift the task. But my big takeaway is going to be assigning the priority. I love that. My assistant will usually block things on the calendar in an hour block. Right. When I see what it is, I'll extend it to two hours Mm -hmm. or, you know, or I may go, that doesn't need an hour. I could have done something else and I'll shorten something down to 20 minutes or so. But I think that if I go through with her, like you're saying, the types of things that require priority, then I can even take out the step of having to elongate something or shorten it and she can do it. So, girl, yes. you just blessed me. See, that's why I brought you. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I'm happy that I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. But, yeah, it's yes. really, really important. <laughs> that's a good one. And I know you um, said in the book that E-Myth Revisited, that book was Ooh. one of the things that really gave you yes. that personal revelation about organizing, right, and automating? It really, yes. Michael Gerber's book, like, I was just like, when I finished, I was like, I've been doing it wrong, right? But this, fortunately was something I caught early on, right? And probably like within a year of doing a womaner, because even before that, you know, I still have one of my businesses. I still wasn't doing that, right? And it really was a big revelation, like, wow, this is what needs to be done. And so that's when I learned, I literally was in my business every single day. And that's why I couldn't get anything done. A lot of the times I was always busy. And then a lot of the time I'm busy, but then you're not doing Right. At the end of the oh, day, you're busy, busy. But not right? Productive. right? Exactly. You're busy all day long. And then at the end of the day, nothing got done. So you saw, oh, yeah, girl, I'm busy. Ooh, you know, I can't talk right now. And at the end of the day, nothing got done. Well, nothing got done and you made no money. And I think exactly. that's the other thing. The title of your episode is Entrepreneurship Ain't For Everyone. Because the things that you speak about to me in social media and even in reading the book, it really starts to weed out who this is for and who it's not. And it's not that you can't become 
this person because we've all grown over time, right? We've learned things and, you know, I like to hear things and implement. So we right. talked about prioritizing the the scheduling and that's going to be implemented before people even hear this episode. Like I, that is <laughs> it's like hear it and do it, not hear yeah. it and tuck it away. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I really want to kind of just really quickly go through some of the other things that you see that holds people back from being successful in entrepreneurship. We've talked about maybe some of the time wasters. We've talked about the crazy branding. What are some of the other things? I know one that I I spoke on on my social media recently was about people being sensitive. If you're going to be sensitive, then this may not be the thing for you because entrepreneurship can be tough. So what do you tell your audience about understanding that entrepreneurship, it's a grind. You know, there's a lot of heartache sometimes in this. It's not all pretty photos on Instagram. There's sometimes loneliness can can come into this. But you said on one post, clap for your damn self every day. Right. And I love that. What do you tell your ladies to just keep them going? Well, this is just something that I tell my entire community, whether I'm talking in an email, whether I'm talking to my collective members, whether I'm talking to a client, the first thing I tell everyone, and I've said it before, you must respect the process. You must. There's a process to entrepreneurship and you must understand it. And you mentioned some of these things, right? The lonely days, the long nights, the early mornings, the no support, no one's clapping for you. You feel like no one's working. No one's recognizing you or noticing you and you're putting in all this work. There's days where you have no money. This is all part of the process. It really, truly is. And so the first thing I tell people is understand what the journey entails, And so when you do have a deep understanding of what the journey entails, when something happens, when that roadblock hits, you're going to dust your shoulder off. When somebody tells you no, (laughs) you're going to go to the next door and keep going until someone tells you yes. So you're going to be prepared for these moments, these dips. And the other thing is the mindset. People, entrepreneurship is mindset. At the end of the day, it's your mindset. Yeah, forget about the social media. We already know that's a given right? Yes, the social media has to look good. Yes, your websites have to look good. Yes. But entrepreneurship is such a hard, brutal journey that your mind above anything else has to be right. And what do I mean by that? Because I've spoken to so many clients that, in my opinion, were on the right track with something good. But because somebody who's not even in the entrepreneurship journey, whispered in their ear, girl, what are you doing? That doesn't look right. X, Y, Z. What if such and such did it like that? That they go and shut down their entire process or stop what they were doing or withdraw or pull back. Why? Because they listened to this person who doesn't even know what the hell they're talking about. They allowed this person to sway them from the path that they were on, which was already going great. And so when your mind is right, you're going to know to weed out and shut these, this chatter down because that's what's happening. You're consuming. So my thing is get your mind right. Have a sense of self-awareness. Read self-affirmation books and be extremely mindful what you consume. Mm-hmm. Don't be on social media all day and be, follow people who make you feel good. And be careful. Seriously, stop watching the Idiot Box TV. I'm not judging anyone who does. But listen, 70% of how your brain works is just subconscious. 
And what you feed it matters. And people really need to understand, right, what I mean. So, you know, I have my personal account. I'm always talking about mind games and brain teasers. And I'm quoting making money and this and the other. And you may have people looking at you like, oh, what does she think? She's smart. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I am smart. I am about my real estate on my property. You know, I am about that. So when you're in a circle where that's not normal conversation for people, those are the people that are going to shut you down. And you have to go around people where progressing, where buying a home or making an investment in stock or opening up a second business is not foreign language to them. But you have to know to surround yourself with the right people. And that's number three, respect the process, get your mind all the way right. And three, get around, get away from these people. I don't care if it's your mother. Because even my mother, sometimes I have to limit my time around her, you know? I went from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur, and now she doesn't brag about me. Okay, Girl, well, you, you know, know that's you know, like, you know, like, oh, well, you know? Because <laughs> my therapist got me all the way right, you know? So Girl. it's all good. So those are the three most important things. Like, get your mind right. So when people come at you with the complete, utter bullshit, you know you can shut them down and know that your confidence is developed enough where you know they're just chattering at you because they're not on your level of progress. So those are the people that are going to try and continue to shut you down because they cannot relate. They want you to continue going to the goddamn club. They want you to keep coming out, dropping your work to go get a cocktail. They want you to keep come back to your job. Girl, go back to your job. You ain't making no money. What? <laughs> and like, so these are the people, get your mind right. So when this starts coming at you, you can weed it out and really consume what Really, please, like, stop watching the bullshit TV. Like, it's just, you know, like, read books, listen to audio, listen to podcasts. There's so many resources out there that will affirm your mind and have you standing tall. And you know what? If somebody wants to call you cocky, let them because they will never understand your journey. Respect the process, affirm your mind daily, and go around the right people. Those three things are key above anything else before you start getting into the websites and the pretty social media posts and everything else. Yeah. Oh, so true. So true. I don't remember if it was in the book or on Instagram, but I know you said your mindset controls your bottom line. Yep. That is the bottom line, you know, absolutely. Your mindset controls your bottom line. I just, I love it. I love it. So I want to respect the time. But you have so much goodness on Womanor. I'm telling you right now that what you would want to do is go to Instagram right now and follow Womanor and uh, head to Sharon's website. I will have links to all of this under the episode because she's just a wealth of information and she just keeps it real. And I really believe that if you just follow those steps, everything that I see her talk about are things that I know I've had to implement over the course of my journey. And then I get those reminders for things I still need to do. And so I think that even if, if whether you're a, an emerging entrepreneur or you're somewhat established, but you know you could be better, right. either way, um, Sharon is going to be a blessing to you. So Sharon, at the end of every episode, we do what we call Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. First one is, how do you define success? Freedom. Time. Freedom. Yes, ma'am. How do you define wealth in three words or less? My money works for me. Oh, you wait, cheated that was more than three words. Oh, sorry. Wait, <laughs> I saw what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, sorry. 
It's okay. We'll let you slide. Okay. What's <laughs> one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I'm going to say it was Zero Risk Real Estate. That was an excellent book. Really opened my eyes. Who's it by? Can you see? This is by, yeah, this is by Chip Cummings. Chip Cummings. And it, it talks about creating wealth through tax, lien, tax liens and tax deeds, like the non-traditional put down 50,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this, oh yeah, that book is a game changer for anyone who wants to invest in real estate property, okay. the non-traditional way. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that offline. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Sharon Beeson. <laughs> <laughs> And the truth about wealth is making your money work for you. Point blank, period. <laughs> awesome. Sharon, thank you so much. You, you have given me my first explicit episode, number one. But number two, you have just really opened my eyes to some things that we just still need to do. And I think that's what I love about entrepreneurship. It's a never-ending journey. Like, Absolutely. It's never sold up tight. The world is always changing. We already see social media is always changing. And what worked for you as an entrepreneur, maybe even three years ago, does not necessarily work anymore. And we can't be held hostage to antiquated ways of thinking if we're going to be successful in this space. And so you really opened our eyes to quite a bit. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I really, I mean, I always appreciate, you know, being able to share with everyone, you know, my experiences and what I go through on a daily basis. So I really appreciate you having me on this podcast. It was a great conversation. (laughs) All right. I told you guys, Sharon is such a wealth of information. And for me, a breath of fresh air. Please make sure you hit up Sharon Beeson at Womanor, W-O-M-E-N-E-U-R, on Instagram in particular, make sure you follow that page, get some wisdom and information and check out the Womanor Collective. It's at wc.womanor.com, wc.womanor.com. She is always dropping gems. She has a membership community and I believe it's pretty affordable to get the information they need based on where they are and where they're trying to go. And so I would definitely suggest you check it out, Womanor Collective. And that's it. You can hit me up in social media at Seek Wisdom PCW. That's at Seek Wisdom PCW. And really excited for another great interview I have next week. Uh, and that one's going to be pretty fun. I'm going to attach a challenge to that, something that we can all do as a community. So get ready, subscribe, make sure you tune in because we're going to have a great challenge to get us ready for the fall. So stay tuned. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.